Welcome to the Twinkle Training Teachers and ECTs podcast, the show where we discuss every aspect of teacher training and ECT induction to help you go into the classroom feeling confident. My name's Simeon and I'm a former primary school teacher. I trained several teachers during my career, so I was thrilled to come and work with our team at Twinkle, supporting teachers at the start of their journeys. And hello, my name is Ashley. I am also a former primary school teacher working predominantly in Key Stage 2, teaching in both Year 4 and Year 5, but I also have experience as a TA and a one-to-one learning support assistant. I absolutely love working at Twinkle and helping you all feel confident and motivated when you step into that classroom. Now, we've got a special show for you today. We're going to be discussing the DfE announcement of a new initial teacher training and early career framework, the ITTECF. We've got a special guest with us today, our digest writer, Amy, and she's going to break down the changes you need to know about all the essential info for you because we've read this document and it can be a little confusing. So uh, please do stay tuned for that. Just before we start, Ashley will remind you of our social media handles if you want to get in touch with us okay so there's lots of ways that you can get in contact with us and we are on pretty much every social media channel that there is Um, so firstly we're on facebook we have two facebook pages which are the twinkle training teachers and twinkle ects and nqts we have two community groups on facebook which are the twinkle training teachers group and the twinkle ect slash nqt support group we're on instagram at twinkle trainee teachers we're on tiktok at Twinkle Trainee Teachers. We're on Twitter at Trainee Twinkle and we have a YouTube channel called the Twinkle Trainee Teachers and ECTs. Right, so I want to say hello to Amy. Thank you so much for coming on at short notice. How are you? I'm good, both. Thanks for inviting me. Well, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. So I think we should just dive in and talk about this document and why it's important. So could you tell us a bit about this new framework and why you think it's important for trainee teachers and ECTs? Sure. So the DfE released this document yesterday, 30th of January 2024, and it combines the core content framework from initial teacher training with the early career framework for ECTs. So the aim is to make more of a joined up framework that supports you right from the get go through those three years until you are fully qualified and out there living your best teacher life on your own. There were reviews done prior to this being published. So they have drawn on feedback from reviews of the early career framework. They have gathered feedback and advice from consultation, from calls for evidence, from experts. So lots of input has gone into this new framework and no doubt there will be more to follow. But the whole idea and why it is important is to try and avoid repetition, to streamline the approach from being a new teacher training through to an ECT and to make sure that the quality of your training remains high and you're not being overburdened with workload. Amazing. So hopefully that should really help trainees and ECTs sort of know exactly what they need to do and it's just following the three-year progression isn't it but 
when is this actually coming into effect? When are the ECTs, the trainees going to actually see these changes? So this won't be in effect till September 2025. So for now, anyone who is currently in ECT, currently training or is due to start in September 2024, you will remain on the current program of the core content framework and the early career framework. So it will just be for new beginners as of September 25. That's fantastic. Thank you, Amy. Now, it's quite a lot in this document, but would you mind summarising the main changes for us? Of course. So from outcomes, the outcomes document is available to look at alongside the new published framework, if anybody wants to dig deeper. Um, But the outcomes outlined five key areas for improvement. So from review, from all that feedback that went into this document, the five key areas that were highlighted as something that needed to change within the new framework. So the first thing is repetition. A lot of ECTs were pointing out that they were repeating a lot of training practice that they had already done on their teacher training practice. And that was frustrating for them to do so much repetition. Now, the nature of them being two separate frameworks meant that it was all unintentional. It was not intentional that um, teachers would be repeating these skills. But by bringing the two into one framework, that's what the government are hoping to reduce somewhat to bring that together. So there's going to be more focus on ECTs working with mentors on what their prior knowledge base is. So new diagnostic tools will be designed to think about, you know, what do I know now? What do I want more information on? What's my real area of expertise that I want to be challenged on as an ECT? Or where do I need a little bit of extra support? And hopefully additional resources will come with that to support ECTs and mentors along the way. The DFE is keen to say, though, obviously with repetition, all teachers repeat. We all go back to different aspects of our training throughout our whole careers, not just as newly qualified teachers. So although repetition wants to be avoided, so it's not too arduous, it is still important sometimes to go back to those core fundamental skills, no matter what stage you are at in your career. Finding a balance, really. Absolutely. Finding a balance between the core content framework and the ECF framework. The second thing is a little bit more about subject and subject specific content. So another area of improvement that was highlighted was particularly for the ECF. So for ECTs, more phase specific content, more subject specific content to really tailor your ECT experience to that subject, to that age group you will be teaching. The teaching standards remain universal across all phases and subjects, but a little bit more uh, input to strengthen subject knowledge has been asked for. And I think that's really important, isn't it? Because especially if you are an ECT in um, a secondary and, and things like that, you want it to be specific. You want it to be tailored to you. And hopefully, fingers crossed, this framework will strengthen that. Now, having a read through the document, and it is quite chunky, it's quite lengthy, um, I noticed that there's quite a bit more of emphasis on SEND and teaching um children with special educational needs. So could you just sort of talk us through that a little bit? 
Absolutely. And it has been a very welcomed aspect of the improvement changes um, by teachers and by a lot of SEND professionals. So it has been recognised that trainees and ECTs want more guidance and need more guidance on supporting pupils with special educational needs. So the plan is to use some of the content from the new National Professional Qualification, the MPQ for SENCOs, to adapt it and make it relevant for teachers at the beginning of their teaching journey um, to better support them with SEND pupils. At the moment, the document isn't quite clear on how that's going to come out, uh, but hopefully updates on the document from individual providers are going to come in the in the months that are going to follow this to improve that provision for trainees, which I think will be a, a big hooray for a lot of new teachers out there. Oh, thank you, Amy. Now, in terms of the reaction, it's only been a day since we found out, but would you say the reaction's been a bit mixed so far? Absolutely. There have been some real positive responses and some less so. So, you know, if you want to be part of that conversation, do check out the conversations on social media, see what the pros and the cons are that people are pointing out about this new framework. It's still new. It's still in early days as, you know, with change comes a lot of, a lot of uncertainty. But yeah, join the conversation, be part of it as educators in the sector or hoping to be educators in the sector um, and let us know what you think. Yeah, and I will say we will link to Amy's Digest article down below in the description. It's a fantastic read. It breaks things down really clearly for you, so I'd check that out. And as always, if you want to be on the show or you'd be interested in talking to Digest, do let us know. Uh, now, before we finish, we've been taking questions from social media and we have another anonymous question this week. So I thought I'd put this to you both. So I've got... Hey guys, I was wondering if you think it's a bad idea to take on a subject leadership role during my ECT induction. What do you think? That's a tricky one. Um, I think it's it's something that when I was training a newly qualified teacher and then you were a recently qualified teacher and it was very common to take on some sort of subject leadership as a recently qualified teacher. So that's in your second year. So I can see why lots of ECTs do. I would be um, quite considerate over what the subject is. Some of them are huge and quite a large undertaking. And when you are going through your ECT induction, you're already going to be having extra workload that way. Um, so I would just be mindful of the size of the subjects. If you're going to be asked a core subject such as maths or English, that is going to be huge. Another one that's quite um, big that people don't actually expect to be that large is PE, especially with the size of the school that you're in. So I would just be mindful of the actual workload that it's going to take. But some other subjects, I did um, school council, I did citizenship, I've done RE before. Those are quite nice ones, quite nice ones to start with. But I would be having a conversation with your mentor, a real honest conversation with them and having a look at the workload, looking at your balance, because teachers, we are already struggling with work-life balance. You don't want to be adding on tasks that you know, you're not 
quite ready for yet at that stage of your career. And that is definitely a target you can be aiming for later on down the line, you know, wanting to be English lead, maths lead. Um, and it's a great experience to have, but I would just be mindful at the start of your career. I think Ash has answered that really, really well. I think there are pros and cons to it. We're all, you know, you might want to be really ambitious. You might have ideas about areas of expertise you want to branch into within teaching, and that's great. But perhaps in your early career, just be really assessing what you are capable of at that point in your career. And perhaps where you want to go, even if it's not now, is great. But I think there's no weakness in really thinking about what you're capable of in those early years, because sometimes just focusing on the fundamental skills of teaching at the beginning is absolutely important to allow you to make that leap confidently a few years later. And I just add, I agree with you both. Um, looking at some union guidelines quickly, they recommend that ECTs do not lead subjects early in their career. But as someone who worked in a small country primary school with only a few teachers, quite often you will end up leading a subject early on in your career because they don't have many staff to do it and they kind of need everyone to pitch in. So it does depend on what kind of school you're working in and your personal circumstances. I would say be really careful about leading English or maths because those are heavy subjects where you will be expected to talk to Ofsted if they come in and you should be given leadership time if you're leading either of those subjects. Um, but maybe that's a bigger discussion for another day. Uh, so thank you so much for coming in, Amy, and running us through the guidance. If people wanted to get in touch with you for digest reasons, um, to be interviewed or just to ask you a question, where would they reach you? Brilliant. Well, you can reach us through, if you look up Twinkle Digest News, you will find the fabulous Digest team. We have lots of different segments. So not only could we support you as a new teacher, but there might be something specific on you for the phase you teach as well. But you will also find me on Twitter under Trainee Digest or on LinkedIn if you're part of that professional network too. Amazing. And just before we go, I will just run through our social media accounts again, because I can imagine this topic is going to get you asking lots of questions and there's going to be people sitting back and wondering lots of things. So you can always reach out to us and we will try our best to answer all of your questions and get our heads around this document as well. Um, so you can find us on Facebook. We are Twinkle Training Teachers and we also have the page Twinkle ECTs and NQTs. We have two community groups on there, Twinkle Training teachers and the twinkle ect and nqt support group we're on instagram at twinkle trainee teachers we're also on tiktok as twinkle trainee teachers we're on twitter at trainee twinkle and we have a youtube channel called the twinkle trainee teachers and ects goodbye everyone bye thanks for listening